0: This is Father Bonaventure Chapman.
1: And this is Father Jacob Bertrand Jansik.
0: Welcome to God's Planning. Thanks to all those who support us. If you enjoy the show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like sub- and subscribe to God's Planning wherever you listen to your podcasts. So, Father Jacob Bertrand, we are honored mm-hmm. by your presence. Uh, this is Easter season. What's going on?
1: Um, that's great. The way you say that makes it sound like I've never been here before.
0: <laughs> I when I, it's not that you haven't been here before, but each time you show up is like a special. Ep, it's like a, there's something special about it because you know your smile and your your joy like and your infectious Yeah, I mean, just the kind of the the general, you know, bon vivant. You could say. I think that's. Oh, that's I don't know beautiful. how you, I don't know how French works. Um, I know how to read it. I have no idea how to pronounce it. Uh, so. But um but so um yeah so we're, we're happy to have you and we, this is a special of course I'm I'm happy to be on here with you um because I I delight in in the episodes um this is a special episode because this is part of our back to basics eucharistic series um and already at this point we've talked a lot about uh the eucharist but this one is on a topic that I particularly like um and I expect you do as well which is devotion uh devotion devotion because devotion is this this heartfelt well devotion is a word that strikes me that gets at spirituality and love and the heart and religious practice it 's a nice compact word it 's got a lot there to be to unpack and a lot that it covers so i I like the word devout as just like I like the word pious or or piety um although they both can have negative connotations but what do you think what do you think about devotion do you like- is it is do you do you like the the concept do you like the word yeah it was, are you it devoted was funny? Man?
1: I think so. And as much as like, I'm a consecrated religious and a priest, I think I'm pretty devoted in those kind of ways. Now, uh, yeah, maybe we could, well, obviously with, well, maybe not obviously, but with religious vows, there's not an ontological change, but like ontologically, given the fact that I'm ordained, like I'm devoted to that. I don't know if in mm-hmm. practice how devoted I am. I think I'm pretty lazy when it comes to being, I don't know, devoted to things, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. But it's funny that you mentioned the word like pious and piety because I was going, Mm -hmm. I was going to mention the same and I was, but I was going to mention it for different reasons because when, when we were talking about the episode on, on devotion and sort of dividing the tasks and you and I, like when we realized that, oh, we're doing the episode on devotion, my first thought was like, hmm because if we talk about piety, I'm like, I'm not anti-piety, but I don't find myself to be a particularly pious man and and maybe Mm. like a, a popular sense of, Having a lot of devotions and like being Hmm. like, kind of like I guess a bad caricature of piety. I think I'm just kind of like I don't know if you've listened to the podcast. I'm probably you've you've heard me be pretty grumpy about things. And the brothers, my brothers on the podcast certainly know I'm just kind of like a get in, get out, get things done, do what you're Mm -hmm. supposed to do kind of thing. So I think in, in ways like Dominican life really suits that because the the like the expectation of of praying the Divine Office, of of praying the Rosary, and and just like that's kind of what we do. There aren't a lot of like things mm-hmm. added on, you know, yeah, whereas in well, other devotion, other communities, other traditions, there are a lot of like pious things added on and it's just not for me. So when thinking about devotion, it's kind of like, Oh, okay, fine. But we're talking about Eucharistic devotion, which is, you know, it's a subset of devotion generally. So um, I think yeah, I'm pretty that's, devoted to the Eucharist in the end. I don't know. Yeah, that's,
0: I think so. No, and that's, and that's a good point because when we think about like devotions in the plural, You get the sense of, you know, this you might be Divine Mercy Chaplet or all these novenas and people came in little bags with all their tricks in them and different kinds of like miraculous metal devotions. And when you think of devotions, you think of someone like just collecting things like a shopping cart and all of this. And I think Dominicans tend to be, we're not inclined to that so much, I suppose. And nothing wrong with particularly with having devotions, but the brown, the scapular, you can just like accumulate these little things. Whereas Dominican life, because of, I think it's an aspect of spiritual poverty, you could say is it's streamlined. Um, it's been around for eight hundred years, so there's a particular shape and style to it. And we were, I mean, we were encouraged. I remember in the and such at, to not have particular devotions, like to not have specific other kind of devotions. You could say, but to focus on the devotions of the order. There are particular mm-hmm. kind of devotions that we have in the order and the religious life in general, and the Dominican life that should be counted. Kind of, so, so it's not so much about devotions. But say devotion, the act of of being right. devoted, which is the act of the will. Uh, well, Saint Thomas says something like it's the act of the will that prepares one to ready ready to, for service to God. So it's 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 devote comes from vows. So it's an internal act of, of vowing in a sense to God's service. But we can think of more broadly in the spiritual sense of, of of as an attention. Of one's interior life towards a particular uh, mode of, of, of God's worship or something. Um, and obviously the Eucharist is is a central one because it's not only an act of devotion in the sense of like a, a, a side thing beyond the mass, although it includes the mass, but it's the object is still God, directly God. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the eucharist so um eucharist eucharistic devotion so what do we say about what is what would you say is when someone says eucharistic devotion what do you think about eucharistic devotion like what are we what are we talking about there do you think what does it mean yeah, to be
1: devoted to the eucharist it's a good question because we can it can certainly be uh we can certainly think about it in 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 ways or like within this sort of avenue i'm trying to think of a way to craft a, an english sentence but obviously it's having difficulty. Difficult. Yeah, it's tough. Um, we can think about it with respect to like our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Like, that's a phrase we hear a lot and, and you know, the, the way by which uh, our Lord shares his life with each of us individually and sort of the intimacy in that relationship. So. We can think about devotion in that way but i think it's perhaps better we and we'll probably talk about that but i think it's better to start in more of a sort of corporate devotion or Mm. perhaps better than corporate kind of like ecclesial or what devotion or even like what does it mean for a catholic uh to like be devoted to the eucharist in a general way and i think that starts uh with with knowledge um, hey, you're talking, listen, you're not talking to, you're listening to Dominican. So we're going to start with the knowledge.ing But if you think about the human person, like super tangential, but related, I'll bring it back quickly. We we always talk about the, like the intellect leads the will. And a way to say that is like, you can't love what you don't know. Um, so you have to have knowledge of something in some way in order for the will to, to go after it, to love it. Um, so too with like, with God, this is the whole point of being created in his image and likeness of being able to know and to love but it's also cyclical it's not just like we have to amass this knowledge um but like our loving something makes us desire to know it more and it kind of feeds off each other so so too with the eucharist and i think it starts there. that um devotion to the eucharist starts with very simply like faith i think in the eucharist knowing Mm -hmm. the eucharist um what that like the eucharist is the body and blood of christ and um We have this series on the Eucharist going because the U.S. bishops have um, dedicated a few years to Eucharistic revival and preaching and teaching and catechesis, um, because so many even Catholics, you know, don't understand that the Eucharist is the body and blood of Christ. And if you don't have that basic understanding of the reality of the Eucharist, then you can't be devoted to it. Quite simply, (laughs) if you're if you don't know what it is, so I think at least as far as like origin, where does it start? Where does like Catholic devotion to the Eucharist Mm -hmm. start? It starts in the, the the reality and the dogmatic teaching of of we can say what the eucharist is but perhaps to this point the way that i'm trying to express it who the eucharist is um so devotion really begins in 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 a knowledge of of what that is even very simply just being taught like as children like it's it, this is jesus um if we don't have that then i don't think there's any that you can be devoted to it at all because then you're being yeah you can be devoted to a symbol but that's that's not what it is and if it's not what it is then it's not true devotion so as far yeah. as what it starts with, it starts with who it is, or that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, th- no, that that's certainly correct. And um, and I think this is where it's maybe it's a good thing that yeah, most Protestants don't know uh, what the what, don't know what the Eucharist really is, or don't or not what we what we think it is, for instance, because it would be a, well, at least one practice of the Eucharist, the adoration, would be absolutely absurd and and well, blasphemous, I suppose, idolatry. Um, if it was just if if it was just bread, if it was just bread, if it was just a symbol like it would, this would be this would not just be something that would be, well, you know, I don't really like symbol worship, but it would be idolatrous because we kneel and we offer worship um, to to Jesus Christ under the Eucharistic species in the host and the monstrance. So we're going to talk about that. But you're right that it's it's the person there. I mean, you don't and that knowing to do something, you need to know something first, like. I don't, you know, I need to know what a hammer is to know how to how to use it. And there's a bit of a spiral here that, you know, you know something initially and you start using it and you realize there's more things about it. So the hammer has the, the hammer can also pull out nails and not just knock things into it. And maybe you didn't realize that until you used it. So it has you but it's so it's a spiral as opposed to like a, you know, a one-way thing. But it it starts with knowing first off, hey, look at that. You know, that's something that could be I know what that is in some fashion. And so I can therefore use it for this, and if I then I find more about it. I think that's true with with Eucharistic devotion too. Is if you start with saying, "Well, this is this is Christ. This is the person of this is the person of Christ. This is God," um, and I'm supposed to worship God, so let me start doing that, and then you start to realize, "Oh, right, in a particular way, this kind of stuff." So again, as you, yeah. it's kind of a spiral moving towards something. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and with the question of like, what does it mean to be devoted to the Eucharist? It as you're. As you're explaining, it all it all stems from that. So if the Eucharist is God and we're supposed to worship God, then that, that ought to define like the way by which we approach the Eucharist. We can see here or begin to see like the relationship between being in a state of grace and receiving the Eucharist or like, you know, if it's God to receive him worthily, the fast, the hour fast that before yeah. mass to prepare for that. Um, we can see how, like when you enter a church and, and the Blessed Sacrament is present, why we, we genuflect when we enter the presence of God with your crossing across the front of the the tab- the front of the sanctuary, in front of the altar or the tabernacle, you reverence there. You just don't, It's you're not just strolling by on a sidewalk, you know, like in the presence of the Eucharist, even this is something that I, I really find very beautiful in particular to Catholicism is that the, the our worship, you can think of the mass here as the great example, but our worship is... It's not just sitting in a pew or just like kind of meditating and zoning out, but it involves the, our body and our mm-hmm. soul. So the way the way that we treat, even just in little things, you can tell like when you're in a church and the priest, even just walking around getting ready for mass is reverent. Well, why is he reverent? Well, it's because the Eucharist is there. The church is a sacred place, but Christ is present in the tabernacle. And that sets the scene, you know, when you enter a quiet church and People are praying or genuflecting when they're coming in and that sort of versus a church that is kind of like a social hall before mass mm-hmm. or that sort of thing. Yes, These are little ways that we're devoted to, but they build a, like, could we say a culture of devotion, I guess, yes. right? A culture of devotion to the Eucharist, but again, be, originates in in our knowledge of of what the, and who the Eucharist is. And this, I think all still falls under the category of sort of, sort of like corporate or ecclesial devotion of just the way we as Catholics as yes. the church approaches the Eucharist, um, you know, and, and it, ex- yeah, it, it just extends into the way in which we receive communion, the way in which the blessed sacrament is is handled on the altar and yes. all, all of these little things um, create an environment that then I think is conducive to this personal yeah. kind of individual devotion that we're going to talk about in a little bit to the Eucharist too. But it, it starts in with, with this kind of how, how we as a church, um, approach our devotion and, and you could, you know, piety with yeah. Eucharistic piety. That's another phrase we hear. Um, so, no, yeah. That's, I, that,
0: yeah. That's, no, that's absolutely, and I think you're right to center it in the church kind of thing. That these are not things that, you know, personal preferences, like, oh, personally, I genuflect when I enter the church, or oh, personally, I, I do this way after I receive the Eucharist and prepare myself, or personally, I spend five minutes in silence before the mass. But if you want to yell and do balloon animals, that's fine with you. Like these are not personal preferences, but rather corporate uh, senses of the reality of the situation. Uh, things that, that that we've we're based upon knowing what's true and therefore how to act in response to that. As as a as a body, as the church, that's great. Let's go into though um, some, some specifics about say the practices of devotion. So as you, and right, as you rightly mentioned, there's an external and then like an internal. We could do communal versus individual, but we can do my like external and internal and reflect on the kind of external acts of the practices and then kind of our experience you could say how that forms our, our spirit because of course rituals uh have this this out, outer aspect as you say bodily before the soul we do right. things bodily for the soul so the the a number of things when people think about eucharistic devotion i suspect the first thing although not true for everyone um but since jp2 uh, there's been a, a a return, you could say, or an emphasis on, on Eucharistic adoration, uh, the Holy Hour, um, but Eucharistic adoration. Um, so this is probably something when people think about Eucharistic devotion, this is one of the, the immediate things that comes to mind. Um, what is your, what's your experience? What's, Eucharistic adoration, we're talking about before the presence of the, in before the Blessed Sacrament in the monstrance, which is that big gold sun thing, mon, to mean monstrare, to demonstrate. It's not a monster, it's to demonstrate something, to show forth something. So he's so Christ is put a consecrated host, Christ is put into the the monstrance, uh, and we you incense, or just you go in a twenty-four-hour chapel or something, and you go and you and you offer worship and you pray and you you offer devotion to him in the Eucharist in, in adoration, you adore, you adore him. Um, What's your, what was your experience with adoration? Did you have a, I mean, did you, were you always like when you were one, one years old or something, did you like crawl out of the crib to adoration chapels? Mm -hmm. Or um, what do you think about, what's, what's your experience and thoughts about Eucharistic adoration?
1: Yeah, growing up, at least in, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't something that I ever did. I think I'm trying to remember the first time that I made like a holy hour or went Mm -hmm. to adoration. And I'm sure at some point growing up, I had, whether it be on like, uh, I went to public school. So like I went to CCD courses for my, for my religious education. Um, I'm sure at some point on some retreat or like confirmation thing, there was adoration, Mm -hmm. but I don't have any memory of that. Um, So it would have been in college, I think, but even in college, there wasn't I like I would pray it's uh, yeah in the chapel on a daily basis but it usually wasn't before the exposed blessed sacrament It wasn't in like a holy hour in that sense of like adoration so that that sort of devotion and practice though it it happened really came about in um when i entered the order which is a weird thing because i don't i Mm -hmm. think for at least like god like i'm now thinking vocation things like men who enter the order i think it's a lot more common yeah like my experience is a lot is i think um like less common, at least, uh, for people who are mm-hmm. in religious life and have kind of found their way to religious life or, but I wonder for like the, the sort of general lay population, mm-hmm. if, if that's the case, uh, if my case is more similar, but, um, yeah, I remember one of my first memories of adoration is that kind of sticks out from the orders in, in anticipation of receiving the, the habit, uh, we had like, there was the blessed sacrament was, uh, exposed, throughout the night and we signed yes. up for different hours yes. to, to have a holy hour. So that way it, someone was always with the blood sac- sacrament. And I like, I was, I don't know, in one of the early morning hours from like two to 3 AM or like one to 2 AM or something like that. Yes. That moment sticks out very, very clearly in my mind as a sort of, yeah, I mean, the sort of zeal and excitement of receiving the Dominican habit. The next day is like, you know, really kind of gets you going. So it's, it's a yeah. kind of beautiful thing, but what I guess my, a culmination of experience with adoration for me it's it's always been it's not been a thing adoration is not a thing that is sort of uh at least like the central tenant of my mm-hmm. of my spiritual devotion. life um or eucharistic devotion yeah um but is is always something that i find to be a sort of like i kind of like a mini retreat kind of like a rest mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, you go to it, we don't have a holy hour every day at the House of Studies, but we do regularly in there, across the street at the Basilica, the Blessed Sacrament and up the street at St. Anthony's, the Blessed Sacrament, they have adoration. So there are always kind of moments of like, for me of sort of just getting away of like rest. So that's kind of how like, um, yes. cu- you know, come to me all you who are heavy laden or, you know, I'm butchering the scriptures, but that's kind of how I view and approach yes. my devotion in adoration of this sort of like, okay, I'm just going to go be with the Lord. I don't know what the heck I'm going to talk about. I don't know what yeah. he's going to tell me, but I'm just going to yeah. go sit with him because life is overwhelming otherwise in this moment. So that's that's what ador- you know, Eucharistic devotion and, the ador- and adoration has kind of been for me. But I I, I love the rituals around it too. Yes. Um, so the, the 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 hymns, the Tantum Ergo, and the O Solitaris, the incense, the blessing with the monstrance, like all of that is really it's a beautiful thing it's for a, me.
0: Exactly, it's a com Yeah, it, it has its own ritual and liturgy um and it's not like a pair liturgy kind of things added on it strikes me. i mean it is apparently it's it's not the mass of course uh or the office but but it it feels very much like as ancient or as concise and not you know not put on and not like us oh we're, we do this now but we haven't done this before it's has the all the vestiges of the ritual the cope and the humoral veil and all the incense and it. it's beautiful and i think you're right about um the the experience of it as a retreat if 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 you haven't done adoration you could adoration um, you should, and we'll talk about some kind of practices at the end of this, but it it is phenomenologically, so the experience of it, you could say, is when he is present in the monstrance looking at you. I mean, he doesn't have eyes, but I mean, there's something about that. He, he looks at you and you can experience a sort of love and a rest and a peace there that's different than when he's just in the tabernacle kind of, you know, Doing the chores inside the house or whatever, um when he's out on display and he's he's having a look, you know because he's always there, you know, except for we'll talk about it in a little bit of Good Friday and Holy Saturday, which my favorite time in the Dominican life because it's just nihilism, he's not there um but but he's 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 always there, he's usually there, but when he's out on display um, when he's out there, he wants to look at you and it's like you can't hide from him, and but it's it's a comforting presence, I would say, at least it feels that way, and this is all personal, I suppose but there's something about adoration and i think of the evening stuff as as going through so you know perpetual adoration when i first i think i first experienced it um when i was uh i was finishing my my degree in oxford and i would i would f- pop into a um and i found a perpetual adoration place and uh and you know i just i just converted to catholicism and so I'd go at like 11 o'clock at night or something from 11 to 12. And I would just go and sit there. And it was just quiet and beautiful. And it was just me and the Lord. Just, you know, just, just, uh, yeah. And and there's nothing between us. Nothing between us. And I didn't have to say, I didn't have to hear anything profound particularly, but it was a time where it was like he was there, I was there for him. And I was committed to being there for him for a certain time. So it's gorgeous. And then of course, the, I mean, the Spartan hours, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., those are spectacular. Okay. So, so Eucharistic adoration is is a, a fantastic, um, and different people have different experiences about it. You could say, but it's a it's a wonderful way of being devoted to the Eucharist. But it's not the only one. Eucharistic adoration is not just Eucharistic devotion, as uh, Father Jacob Birch mentioned. It's also just um, the Mass itself. You could say uh, the Mass, uh, and that's something that I suspect that you would have. I mean attention to Eucharistic devotion as priests we have we're very inclined to enjoy the mass and to uh, think the mass is important and think the mass is central to our lives so uh eucharistic devotion how does that work out in the mass would you say and thinking especially about i mean the the lay faithful because you might people might not have thought that actually eucharistic devotion is important to the mass um but it's the, kind of the reason why you're there really yeah so what's what how is eucharistic mass eucharistic devotion work related to the mass
1: yeah, well, if we if we look at the structure of the Mass, the whole of the Mass is 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 sort of a a what? Like a, a sort of recapitulation of the entirety of the Christian life in mm-hmm. a sort of hour of worship on a Sunday. Um and, and what is what do I mean by that? Well, like we there's we go through we prepare for to receive communion through through hearing the scriptures through a penitential right at the beginning, through that sort of preparation through hearing the scriptures, through hearing the word preached, through a sort of reprofession of our faith when we pray the creed, there's sort of like a we we do this in renewing our baptismal promises at Easter, but the creed is sort of it's not a re-baptism by any means. But you know, it's it's a profession of what we believe and what we're baptized into. And then as like the Eucharist, as the the altar is prepared, you know, through the preparation of the gifts and all of these, like everything is sort of ordered towards the Eucharist, which, as we've talked about in previous episodes in this Eucharist, Eucharist series, is the source and the summit of our life as Christians. So everything is aimed at that time. Um, so, so if if that's true with like the rituals, sort of that like ecclesial or corporate element, so too uh, with us that like going to Sunday worship, Sunday Mass um, is is ordered to. To the eucharist is is aimed at that even within the actions that we do at mass so one of the things that we talk about or that we should talk about is is sort of like how we prepare for that mm-hmm. and how because that devotion isn't just an hourly devotion kind of thing but you know is is something we do by fasting before going to mass for that hour by you know perhaps looking at the sunday readings by praying during the week um to be prepared to to receive the eucharist and to like pray well at mass. Often people might say, well, I'm not I I'm often distracted at mass. It's like, okay, yeah, so am I. Um that like welcome to being a human being. Human, but yeah. the question still remains, like what am I doing to prepare my heart to be devoted to be open to the graces, you know, beforehand? Am I am I do I have the radio blasting in the car and like singing along to like pop music as I'm going to church? It's like, well, that's probably not the most preparatory action like it's not, it's not like sinful, but it's probably not the most preparatory thing. Um, You know, have you not prayed at all over the, over the course of the week? Well, then it's, it's an unreasonable expectation to be sort of devoted and attentive to the prayers at mass by way of being prepared to receive the Eucharist. If it's just what you do once a week, you know, like your mind, your heart, your soul's not prepared to be, to, to do all that. And I make mention of this preparation because we have to be sort of, as best as we can attentive to these things so as to be devoted to something so as to be yeah. um you know to worship properly it's we can't just expect to have a sort of devotion even in the mass that prepares us without also participating and cooperating with those with those things and we can think in the mass too the meditation after communion the 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 way by which we receive communion, are the way you know just all these little things that help as father bonaventure was saying we have this bodily thing but that leads us to the spiritual reality so all of these bodily things that we do um coming to mass a couple minutes early spending time you know in silence before that that sort of those sort of things help us prepare us to be attentive devoted to the eucharist mm-hmm. in the mass when we receive him when we adore him during the elevation you know all of those sort of little things they they add up because we're building not sort of just like going to mass but a christian life and really I think I don't know devotion to the eucharist is really it's devotion to christ it's being a disciple of christ and that's not that that's a that encompasses the entirety of our lives so
0: yes and I think it's it's kind of a you know um if we think about the the bodily to the to the the spiritual the soul body of the soul, and then out of the body again, you could say that the mass and Eucharist, the the ritualistic actions are designed to conform and are internal. The externals are designed to conform our internals as we receive grace as well through them. And then we take those internals and then conform our externals. So it's, again, it's a spiral, but this case it's going from church to soul to world kind of thing. So it's important this devotion aspect, because you could just do external to external and you could be, I have church bodily emotions and I have world bodily motions. But the idea is that your church, churchly bodily emotions are intended to conform your soul to have its own interior principles and motions that then reflect your other kind of secular, you could say bodily motions, you know, I'm not, and I don't mean like now you walk in a churchly way when you're outside of church or something, but the sense that your actions are now conformed to this devotion and to Christ as the one who is the King of, and Lord of the universe. And this is where, uh, particularly, how do you take external things and put them in, in internal things? One of the best ways is is through prayers, and particularly not just your spontaneous prayer, which is important to do, but through the prayers of the church, the prayers, listening to the mass, I mean, we just think, I think you can just zone out and listen to the Eucharistic prayer, and like, oh, he's saying things, whatever, and then the bell rings, and I look up, ready to go. But listening to the words of the Eucharistic prayer are, one, designed to, to bring devotion about in you uh, to have a response an affective response in your life and draw you to him um and then there's also the prayers before and after communion as father jacob Hurt mentioned about um post-communion kind of meditation you could say to short time to reflect there's also often there's beautiful prayers saint thomas aquinas has written a gor- gorgeous prayers for before and after that uh, you know in a sense of right before the you receive the eucharist if you haven't been if you've been distracted at mass Praying this one of his prayers or praying a prayer focuses you and prepares you to receive the kind of graces you're about to receive and the devotion. And then coming afterwards and, and their post-communion prayer, St. Bonaventure has a beautiful post-communion prayer as well. Pierce, almost most blessed Savior and sort of thing. And it's long, it's a little flowery, but, <clears throat> but it's good. But whatever post-communion prayer you might have to, to really drill down and let the Eucharist uh, affect your soul for the actions that you have from that. And then also the the mere actions. So as we talked about, Father Jacob Bertram talked about the the actions of receiving and how you receive and stuff. I, I've often thought, you know, there's two ways of receiving, of course, in America and other places. You can receive on the hand or the tongue. Um, but even within that, there's an act of devotedness. Receiving the hand, you have a little throne, this kind of thing. You're supposed to be attentive. You don't just like, you know, grab, hold, this sort of thing, but to be attentive. But I encourage people to think about receiving in the tongue um, in the sense that, Touching the Eucharistic species, touching the the host uh, is something that the priest is specially blessed to do. We get our hands consecrated, so we're able to touch the the Eucharistic species and touch the Lord through the Eucharistic species. Um, and receiving on the tongue is a sense of saying I, I I haven't been consecrated to and set apart to do this sort of thing. Uh, but and it's an act of devotion of itself that reminds you this, the host is, 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 is God, this is Christ. And I receive him in a different way because you have to be, specially, uh, you know, you, you, ought to be, there ought to be set apart some way those who, who would touch him. So to reflect, so when people receive in the tongue, it's not just a traditional manner, but also there's an active, there's an act of devotion and reverence there. But these are all preparations in, in the mass for these sort of things.
1: Yeah. And I think receiving on the tongue too, I, I yeah, receiving on the hand is perfectly legitimate, mm-hmm. but as Father Bonaventure said, encourage people to consider to receive on the tongue because it follows too. we're talking about like this sort of corporate devotion that leads to a personal devotion, right? The, the prayer that we all pray together, even in the priest included before receiving the Eucharist, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Um, to receive the Eucharist is is just that to receive Christ Christ gives himself through the priest, and there's a real beauty and a humility to like literally receive him um, directly from the priest into your mouth, on your tongue um, yeah again it's it's not wrong or sinful to receive on the hand, but there there is a sort of continuity in in sort of devotion uh, to the Eucharist for for that for that reason um, yeah.
0: That's right, and so there's so uh, Eucharistic devotion. You might have thought at the start of this episode we were just going to talk about adoration, but I hope, and I think Father Jacob Burton set up really well that it's a, an ecclesial matter that actually the Eucharistic devotion is something we do as Catholics. It's and there are lots of aspects of it, or at least external aspects of it, that you may not have noticed. I mean, thinking about genuflecting at uh it, when you enter into into the church. Um some people were driving by churches, crossing yourself because he's in there. This is another practice that Catholics have. Um all these little things, kneeling at certain times, when the tabernacle door is open. I remember this was striking when I was as I was learning when I was a novitiate. Um someone went in, we were praying in the chapel and someone had to cut uh Eucharist to to take over to the, the chapel. And all of a sudden I heard everyone hit their knees. And I hadn't occurred to me, but the, because the tabernacle door was open all of a sudden. And so he was now, in a sense, present, like in the, in the monstrance. And so I thought, well, oh, it's beautiful. But that, that's a response to the devotion of, oh, he's here, he's present, and I need to conform my internal acts to how my soul should be attentive to him. There's all these little things. So the Eucharistic devotion need not be some special extra devotions, like a thing, a personal, but, but actually tying into the corporate devotions of the faith that are given to us. And then our personal appropriation of those things, which takes time in different, different aspects. Um, if you've thought about thinking about Eucharistic adoration, you've never done it before, you might want to just go in for 15 minutes or 20 minutes at first. do Don't The holy hour is a beautiful, beautiful thing, but you might think that's too much initially. Build up. Build up to this. The important part is, is reminding yourself, whatever stage you are in your life spiritually, that Eucharistic devotion is a thing that we need to do, that we do, and it's good for us because it's Christ. Because, as, as Father Jacob Burton said, it's who the Eucharist is, not what it is so much, but who it is, who the Eucharist is. So we encourage you to, uh, to to foster the Eucharistic devotion because that's the Lord wants to love you in a particular way, and as Catholics we've been given this great gift that he comes under the presence of, of uh, under the species of, of bread and wine. He comes and especially under, under the in the host uh, when it's when he's on the altar and in the tabernacles reserved, that he's there that we can go to visit him uh, in, in, in those places, that we, we say, where is God? We know we can find him there. Um, and then that we can then ask him to enter, enter us in our own prayers in our lives. So um, thanks again to all of our supporters. If you would like to give to our work, um, keep us, check us out, I should say, at patreon.com forward slash Godsplaining. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other kind of uh, podcast places that Elon Musk is going to be involved in. Like, subscribe, leave a five-star review or a six or a seven. Write one in say it's not high enough. I need more stars. Visit godsplaining.org to shop for our merchandise. There's lots of things there with our new logos and stuff. And that dead website has some neat things. So just... Fun to look at. The colors are fascinating, uh, and get dates and informations for upcoming God's planning retreats and events this summer, especially in July. We're having in August. We're having these uh, retreats out there. You might want to be looking to those, and to keep up with. Um, there'll be a Camino walk and that's already filled but I'm sure Father Jacob Birch will be having a travel log um so you can follow along daily with his own personal reflections and and uh, and the kind of cool animals that he has f- found along the way so um but thank you for your your support of God's Blinding we hope it is helpful to you that you are directed more to our Lord especially in the Eucharist as as Catholics and as those any followers who want to know him better. And so if you pray for us, of course, we will be praying for you. So God bless.